0: Welcome to the Skift podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trendlines. The Skift Global Forum recently brought together some of the biggest names in online travel for rousing conversations on stage and behind the scenes. The lineup was full of heavy hitters: Dara Kazershahi, CEO of Expedia Inc.; Jay Walker, who founded Priceline and is now CEO of Upside. Brad Gerstner, founder and CEO of Altimeter Capital, and Rich Barton, founder of Expedia and current executive chairman of Zillow Group. After talking about the past, present, and future of online travel in front of the crowd, they joined us backstage in this gift-take studio for an encore conversation about mobile voice search, augmented reality, and how the industry is adapting to changing consumer behavior. They spoke to Skift contributing writer Jeremy Cressman and me, editor and podcast host Hannah Sampson. So today's episode of the Skift podcast is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at the Skift Global Forum. The Skift Take Studio series is presented by Mastercard, a payments technology company that is enabling loyalty, security, and data solutions for the global travel industry.
1: We know very well who you all are, but if you could just give your names and your titles just so our audience knows.
2: Hi, I'm Dara Khazar shahi CEO of Expedia Inc. I'm Jay Walker, best known as founder of
3: Priceline, and I'm the CEO of Upside.
4: I'm Brad Gerstner. I'm the CEO and founder of Altimeter Capital. And I'm Rich Barton. I'm the executive chairman of Zillow Group.
1: Guys, um, thank you for being here with us today at the Skift Forum. Um, How do you think online travel agencies need to evolve to stay relevant in today's environment? Obviously, with all the technological changes, changes in customer behavior, what trends are you guys seeing that are going to be really important?
5: Dar, you run run, so why don't you start? <laughs> start <talking.
2: laughs> yeah, I've been talking for an hour, can you take over, please? I think it's, it's actually something that you two refer to, which is personalization. Uh, one of the issues that really stood in the way of personalization is that the vast majority of our bookers don't sign in, so we have no way to personalize because we don't know you. Now that a significant uh, portion of users are coming through uh, social networks, or uh, mobile where identity is established, once you establish identity, you can start uh, personalizing and optimizing to that identity. Uh, it's something that wasn't possible in the past. It is in the very, very early stages and I think that the players who do it best over a long period of time will be winners
5: and uh, you
2: know just just to build
5: on that you know the question was how do you stay relevant? And I think if you look at the distribution channel, you have largely highly fragmented supply base, hundreds of thousands of hotels, and a small hotel is a small business. They don't have the time, the energy, the know-how to build world-class apps for your phone. They don't have the ability to personalize. They don't have the data to do these things. So I actually think that the relevancy of an at-scale distributor like an Expedia, like a booking.com, is far more relevant today than it was a decade ago. Their advantage over an offline travel agent is far greater today than it was back then. And if you're running a hotel, you're in the hospitality business. So I don't think the CEO of Marriott spends nearly as much time as Dara thinking about Conversion rates within his web application he 's spending time thinking about how to make the hospitality experience better so I think the relevancy of online travel agents is actually going up uh, over time
3: yeah you know, I think also when you talk about customer relevance you 're actually talking about solving customer problems so really the way you stay relevant is you address the customers' problems and problems evolve so for example, I'm spending a fair amount of time in business travel, especially in the unmanaged sector. If you're a small business and you're buying business travel, you've got Barry Diller having meetings about whether or not your executives should fly first class. That's that's a business problem. Online travel agencies are going to evolve. Because they're going to figure out using new tools in new ways to solve old problems. There are a lot of unsolved problems in travel, a lot. And in as much as we use those tools to solve more problems, online travel suppliers will grow because they solve the problems.
1: You know, I've been very interesting to see, Dara, what's happening with Expedia becoming more of a business service provider for hotels, you know, helping Marriott with both the booking experience on their website, having an app that, you know, hotels can use to manage the services, I think more broadly, you know, for yourself and also for the other panelists how important is the sort of business services side of what you guys are doing and providing those services to hotels i think
2: i think at this point it's it's something that's evolving and it goes to what what brad has said we are investing hundreds of millions of dollars behind these technology platforms that are designed to make the booking experience uh, better, faster for users. And the way we've architected these platforms is that they're extensible to multiple brands, multiple use cases. Uh, This is simply about deepening our relationship with our hotel partners and about amortizing that platform investment over a greater audience. Uh, So at this point, it's a nice opportunity. Uh, it holds very strong early promise. Um, how big is it going to be? I've got big ambitions, but I'm not ready to admit them right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough.
6: What do you guys think is coming up now that's about to shake up travel the way that OTAs disrupted everything?
5: You're the visionary. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you look around corners.
6: You, know, you look around corners. <laughs> you know, it's
4: probably sitting on your kitchen counter right now. It's the Amazon Echo. A lot of you out there probably have it. Um, it's kind of hard to describe why I like that and why we use it. There's something, you know, it's a little weird conversing with a robot and having that robot kind of understand you. But a part of it is just this... We just have this constant need for quicker, more efficient, instantaneous responses. We want to buy stuff now. We want the car to show up now. We want, we want it when we want it. And the Echo, when you talk to Alexa, turn on NPR, you know, the reaction time on that is super fast. It's much easier than me going into my pocket, pulling out my phone, finding the Sonos app, Okay, opening Sonos, trying to get NPR uh, that way. Okay, so that is a, that's a huge, I, I'd say that's a little harbinger of things to come in travel planning. I, my dream is to have, has always been to have a smarter agent. We founded Expedia uh, with a smart agent in mind. We wanted to build an intelligent travel agent, a synthetic intelligent travel agent. Uh, and that is actually, I think, about to come true uh, in the next ten years, five years, maybe. We're going to see that come All true. Right. So it's going to and it's going to come from Dara and and, and Expedia. We yeah,
5: laughed at we laughed at the Microsoft paperclip that was the smart agent, Clippy. Um, Clippy. But this is uh, this is coming full circle, and we're not laughing today. We're enjoying it. You know, I thought Jeff Bezos made an important point uh, at a conference earlier this year when asked about Alexa. He said he didn't think there was going to be one bot. There wasn't going to be one smart agent. Multiple platform companies are going to do certain things better than others. Amazon will probably help you buy stuff better than others via its bot. Dara's bot is likely going to help you plan travel better than others because that's what they're really good at. All of these platforms will become more intelligent. I don't think there's an option as to whether or not you participate in that.
1: What do you do to adapt to all these different interfaces that are evolving? You know, we mentioned voice search. We've now got messenger apps, whether it's Facebook or WeChat or what have you. How do you have a technology stack or an infrastructure that's adaptable? Because who knows what's going to come down the pipeline in five years?
3: Well, I'm a startup, so it's a whole
2: lot easier. We're building it from the start that way.
3: But let me sure. pass it to the real people with a tougher
2: problem here. <laughs> uh, you, you hire smart engineers who can figure it out for you. But I, I do think that it, it does require the the data sets that we have in travel are very specific to air, hotel, car. They're usually stored in different databases. It all has to come together. If you look at Amazon, you know, you can buy uh, the purchase path for buying a binocular is not different from the purchase path of buying a book. Uh, while in travel, it actually is very different. They're hard-coded purchase paths that are significantly different. The, the, the products are different, but it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, so part of it is fundamentally restructuring your databases and how your search technologies work, bringing them together. Um, it's a big challenge. Uh, It's not going to be done overnight. Once you architect that, then the interface can be actually pretty uh, relatively simple as far as is it a voice interface or chat interface or is it the good old-fashioned web interface?
1: You know, there was a lot of talk for the past few years about Google. You know, Google is going to be the next player in the travel business. What's Google's intention? What are they building now? What's the current state of the relationship between some of the different OTAs and Google? Are they uh, still a very close collaborator, competitor? Like, how do you think that's going to evolve?
2: Uh, I'll start, and you, you can talk to the future. Listen, they, they're a very strong partner. Um, that said, to some extent, they are a competitor. Uh, and the way I describe it is that the the more we qualify a person's query, the more value we add to the query versus a result. So if you come in and you don't know where you're gonna go or you do a search for a New York hotel on a certain date and we um, fulfill that search, uh, the value that we're adding in a service is very high. If Google finds the New York hotel, and then sends us the link to the Marriott marquee on March 23rd to March 26th, we have created less value in that equation. And guess what? We make less money uh, on that transaction. So I think as it relates to to Google, there's a bit of um, value creation race, but one way or the other, we're going to be partners with, with them, whether we buy traffic at the top of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel.
5: I mean, I, I, I would just add, you know, first by my estimation, you know, Google makes more money in online travel than Expedia, Priceline, Trip, Airbnb put together. Um, so, you know, yeah. I do, I think they, I think they, oh, well over 10 billion a year, billion. I think. So if you start from that place, then they, 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 they have an a important lot of partnership, a lot of right. Like they have a a an important partnership, <laughs> no, oh, not, 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 not oh, to, man. not to mess up. Um, but i would say you know google has its own existential threat they have to worry about google is relevant because they're the top of the funnel that's where we go to find everything but the world is no longer built around a metaphor of 10 blue links we have personal agents in our pocket and if the expedia personal agent answers my queries better than 10 blue links then they have a real risk. So the innovation you see coming out of Expedia is them frantically working to make sure that they stay relevant and at the top of the funnel. I don't see Expedia or I don't see Google trying to get deeper into the funnel into the transactional area which which you hear a lot of talk about. I see them really scrambling to stay relevant at the top.
1: You know, one topic and you just pulled out your mobile device It made me think about it, you know, it's almost become so commonplace now that we book travel or any buy anything, for that matter, on mobile devices that we sort of just accept it. But I'm wondering, do you guys think that there's an upper limit on people purchasing travel on mobile? Because there are some intricacies to how someone might go and buy something on a mobile device, certain types of products work
3: better. Um, I think mobile is going to disappear. So it's just an anachronism. This idea that you're going to buy in this tiny little window, and this is the biggest tiny window you can buy, is silly. That's going away, okay? So whether it's contact lenses or glasses or some kind of augmented reality, a I mean, there's no way I'm looking at the world through, you know, to a, through a box that's four inches tall and three inches wide. That's just going to disappear. That's just an artifact of the time we live in, all right? That's, this is going to be gone. And when it's gone... It's going to be replaced by something which is much more field of view, much more natural. It's got to be, right? And if, you know, if, if my glasses can give me everything by looking, then I'm going to wear glasses, especially if they can keep me healthy, keep an eye on my kids and a bunch of other critical ed- issues that my non-persistent device in my pocket, you know, versus the example of Alexa, it's going to be persistent. It's going to be om- omniscient and omnipresent, rather, so it's always going to be there. This device thing... You know, one more generation and it's gone.
4: But the short answer is no, there's no upper limit. Yeah. None whatsoever. None. It'll yeah. be everything. So everything. my, It'll be my all, all booking. My reason for saying
1: that is just because of flights, for example. You know, there are some intricacies. I feel like people are much more likely right now at least to buy a hotel, for example, with mobile versus airlines. And, you know, to the point that was is just that, made. Is that true? Right, In I'm the not research now. that I've it, seen.
2: It, it, it's more highly penetrated. In I the think it chair. depends yeah, on, on, on leisure versus business.
3: Yeah. I think a business sure. traveler probably is a lot more comfortable with mobile. He or she is, you know, a lot fewer itinerary choices, a lot fewer time choices. If you're more in the browse leisure mode, perhaps this small window is crippling you to some extent on flights. But I doubt for business travel. That's yeah. That was the opposite is, uh, at
4: the dawn of the yeah. web. At the dawn of the yeah, internet, right. you know, uh, when we were all building stuff, <laughs> uh, flights was – the more commodity, easier, you know, product. So, we, so, it was more penetrated on desktop internet. It was much more penetrated in flights. So hotels caught up. Uh, but it's interesting that that's happening uh, on smartphones. That can't last.
5: It's a, you know, I think, you know, Jay's on his pulpit. And when he's on his pulpit, he may, be, he may be a little early, but he's usually right. Okay. So I would say that, you know, when I hear this one, it's just about your the time frame over which you want to answer the question. You know, we have the job of constantly toggling, you know, inward, thinking about the next quarter and then telescoping out and thinking about 10 years from now. We're only 15 years into this experiment. We're just getting started.
3: I use a generation, which I meant 20 yeah. years. Yeah. I, I meant a, 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 a human generation. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, just adding a little bit, I do think that there's a drama about mobile's going to take over. It's going to be X versus Y. Uh, what I'm observed is actually the interaction schemas are fragmenting. Um, in the early days, life was easy. You had to build your website for Internet Explorer on a PC. Um, then Internet Explorer turned into Chrome and Firefox and Explorer. So anything you build, you've got to optimize for all of these interaction points. Then the interaction points went to mobile and their Android and iOS and MWeb, etc. It will go voice, it'll go Alexa, etc. So I actually think the challenge for... Technology companies in general is that whereas you have to build one product with one interaction point, now you have to make your product available for multiple interaction points and interaction types, messaging, social, etc. And that's the bigger challenge which is how do you optimize every single one of these products, how are they great? Because however someone interacts with Expedia, they expect a great experience. And if you don't have a great experience on Alexa and Alexa can't answer your Expedia question well, you're not gonna be satisfied. That fragmentation, I don't think one thing's gonna take over. It's fragmenting, will it be glasses, will it be contact lenses, I don't know. But that fragmentation is a real challenge. Let me, let me highlight
4: something here because it got me thinking as you were chatting. And it refers back to uh, Brad's big data point: personalization and big data. All right, in the world where it's harder to keep up with the fragmentation of UI, the fragmentation of technology on the back end, the difficulty in connecting to suppliers, in that world, it's harder. It's harder. It's way harder. You need to be able to have way more technology smarts and way more, way more capital intensive. It is. A huge, huge boon. This for Expedia and we for know. Priceline. No, it's it's a huge. It, it's huge because who else? Who else has the data? Who else can invest across this multiple right. city platforms? The, the 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 internet when it came around was the great leveler. Exactly. Like everybody had access to it. Exactly. So winning in that era, like you had to be like that, was a really really hard. And you've seen a lot of churn from that era. In this new era. The advantages that Expedia and Priceline and, and the established players have are going to multiply, expand. Yeah,
6: no. yeah. Jay, you you talked about glasses, contacts. Um, are you are you imi- imagining some kind of like augmented reality?
3: I'm not imagining it. It's happening. I mean, you look at the amount of dollars being put into augmented reality, and it's no kidding around. I mean, the minute you can wear a pair of glasses that improve your life on a, uh, every waking hour, you're going to put on those pair of glasses. The only question is to create a value equation that solves enough problems for enough customers. It's not a technology limitation.
5: Your glasses are already
3: augmented there reality. There you go. I know I mean, that. I, yeah, but that's uh, the, you but know, this is just an evolution yeah. of what
4: we've been doing
3: for a exactly. very long time. But finally, there'll be a data set, exactly. right? And when you look at... It'll come in through the gaming probably portal because the gaming world it is It might so, be
4: Snapchat right now. It this, could be Snapchat. That's a yes. single purpose yeah. pair of glasses that I wouldn't be surprised if Snapchat, Snap now, they're called. Uh, I bet they sell a but lot Bre's of right. those things. But Brad's right. This
3: was the original augmented reality, right? 500 years ago, you could right. grind lenses and take people who couldn't see exactly. and you could now extend your useful not life and now you could see for the rest of your life. All we're going to do is put the digital world interface here and whether we put it here or right on our eyes in material we're going to put it here because this is the primary point along with the ears which is where Apple is going and saying hey you know what I'm going to augment reality through the ears which is why the wireless earbuds is such an innovation because they realize if I can make a persistent ubiquitous ability to to whisper in your ear in ways that are completely invisible to everybody else I win. So that's why they're doing it.
6: Why didn't Google Glass then like Take off and do and and you know, the, pay- no, early. early <laughs> exactly. Geeky. Exactly. Geeks run failures. What else is
3: It's like saying, you know, why is AOL no longer in charge of the world? Okay, because <laughs> did you the, use the, it? Because the world changes. Was right. It was a terrible, it was super, painful. super painful. It was a, pre- it was a look. There's going to be hundreds of experiments yes. before somebody yes. gets it just right. Yes. And when they get it just right, it'll be Steve Jobs saying, "This is how a phone really should be." Of course, it's no longer a phone. And the exciting,
5: right? th- the exciting thing. I mean, imagine. Steve Jobs' jubilation, when he realized that mobile was going to be everything, but nobody else was doing it well, yes. right? right? And so it's the same thing with glass. I mean, it, you know, the pioneers are undeterred by these early failures because the trajectory is so obvious to them. It's, it, it's so obvious to obvious Jay right. that this is going to it's happen. Right. Now it's just experiments as sure, to man. what's going to work, what's going to get us there, what's going to be the tipping point um, but it's an exciting time. I think there'll be more value creation and destruction over the next 10 years than we've seen over the last 15 years. Um, because now we've wired everything up. We have all the compute in the cloud. We have all the data and flexible data, or getting it in flexible data schemas. We have three and a half billion people who are constantly connected. It's not just that they have a supercomputer in your pocket. It's one. constantly connected. Persistent connection time, So I right. think that that yeah. is what startup, makes me
3: as an investor really excited. I have a startup that imports a ter- terabyte of data a day and process it so an individual can use it in 20 seconds. So basically, we pre-process a terabyte a day so that when you use the phone, we can give you an answer that would have normally taken a GDS, you know, hours of com- right. computational time to optimize a terabyte of data for the business trip you're going to take. Sure. It's exactly what you're talking about. These tools have reached a critical mass, not just singly, but combinatorially. That's what people tend to miss. Yes, the, the, the cloud is one thing. AI is another thing. Ubiquitous bandwidth is another thing. Devices with yeah. downloadable software is another thing. But if you combine it, it's a multiplicative right. uh, event. And the in, the interactions are, you can get pieces one and three right, but somebody comes along and says, no, 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 one, two, three, four wired together are way smarter than just one and three. And then you get a useful paperclip. Well, you know, <laughs> if you're lucky, because the paperclip was one of the great inventions. Okay. It's out of its time.
6: You guys seem to all like really respect each other, get along really well. I don't know if that's always been the case, if you've always been... Um, this happy together in the
3: same way. Dara has always treated me nicely. <laughs> that's, that's
6: good. Do you? We, do we you actually have, hate each other. Okay. That's all. You're fake, doing you a know. good job. Just not wait sharing. until afterward. Do you ever? Do you ever get together and think like you know? We let's the four of us just go do something great and you know.
5: Well, kiss uh, you to know, I, 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 would, I would say it's been a blast. We were extraordinarily lucky to be there when we were there. Um, we all came at it from different angles, but I think there is a tremendous amount of mutual respect, um, and it's fun. Rich and I have gone on to do probably five other projects together. Uh, I was an early investor in Zillow, and I get up hoping to do more. Pro- We're a big investor in Expedia because I'm excited about what they're doing. So yes, I you know, um, rinse, wash, and repeat with the same people uh, you know who got you here. Thank you. Good you.
4: Thanks, guys.